Dynasty Theory is now a proud member of the DLF family of podcasts, and we could not be more excited. Tune in each and every week when we provide actionable advice to help you navigate through the crazy world of Dynasty Fantasy Football. We're always diving into quickly changing values, market inefficiencies, and opportunities to help you build those dynasties. Make sure you also check out the show on Twitter and Instagram at Dynasty Theory FF. Enjoy. This episode sponsored by our friends at No House Advantage. Check my inbox and what do I see? Just another day, another T-R-A-D-E. I'm an addict, and I need it in my veins. I'm an addict, otherwise I feel plain now. Every day I wake up, people got a problem. Making all these trades up, got me saying got em. But I've been paid up, I even started from the bottom. See, I don't wait up, I ain't even playing possum. So what it cost them just a couple of firsts. Can't believe that it worked, not to say I'm a jerk, but I'm an addict. It's what I said in the first, you can curse all you want. I'ma keep tapping return, I win up I learn, I ain't trying to burn any bridges I yearn for the feeling I earn, I'ma win it's a turn, he had a cheek before I drop you like the beat, I'm an addict, and I'm not really ashamed, I'm an addict, I'm a climber with the brain, I'm an addict, and the pot is what I'm playing, I'm an addict, Russell Rocky, other names, trade addicts pie, let's go. I am Dynasty Outhouse, and I have a trading problem. I am Rocky Petrella, and I too have a trading problem. And I am FF Lumberjack, and I like taking advantage of people with trading problems. That's messed up, man. I mean, <laughs> good on you. It's a very smart strategy, but I mean, like, that's how you start your guest appearance on this show? That That is not cool, man. Listen, um, you know, when, when it comes to trading, there are people who can't help themselves, and I'm the person who takes advantage of that. All right, well... You know what I have to say to that? Hey, everybody, and welcome to session 231 of the Trade Addicts Podcast, a member of the DLF family of podcasts, also a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network, the ZAP Network, if you will, and we will. And what week is it? I don't even know anymore. It's football <laughs> season, and that's all I care about. Like, remember how, like, week one started, and I was like, all right, I'm done. Let's let's just get back to the non-point scoring season. I don't need this. End. But now we're here. We're in the middle of it, and I'm loving it. Like, watching football, reading about football while football's See, I, still going? I, I told you, Russ. I told you this when we started the season. You're like, no, I like non-point scoring season. Let me be – oh, I do like non-point scoring season. <laughs> I know you do, but do it, it's so season. much fun once we but get you, into it. Let, let me go through what I have to go through. Don't <laughs> – you know, don't your back. don't censor me. Don't don't all of those things. Ugh, but it is football season. It's here. It's fun. It is time to start the Trade Addicts podcast. But before we do, why don't you, mean mean man of a guest, <laughs> tell everyone who you are, what you do, and where they could find what you do. Yeah, uh, my name is Zach Duarte. I am a part of the Dynasty Rewind crew. Uh, Dynasty Rewind, we know we got the podcast, we got the YouTube channel as well. Um, I am a South Florida resident. If you're watching the the, the stream, you can see Dolphin thing up there. I'm in the middle of a hurricane. As we are recording, so this Dedication, is what's really, man. yeah, this is what's this is what's super interesting about. Hopefully, this. Zach makes it to the show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, you you can find me on Twitter at ff lumberjack. Uh, I've been doing uh, sports radio down in South Florida for over a decade. 
Um, and I just started to get into the fantasy scene because it's awesome. Like I am a huge dynasty fantasy football fan. I hate redraft. I will never do it ever again. There's too much luck involved unless it's an auction draft. Then we can get into that. But um, dynasty dynasty is the way to go. And, you know, like I said, I'm new to the community. I met Russ at the uh, fantasy football convention in Canton and, you know, just networked over there. So uh, I'm glad to be a part. Thank you very much for having me on. The most important question I'm going to ask this entire show. Are you actually a lumberjack? <laughs> well, um, I did wear my uh, checkered red and black flannel at the uh, the convention. Um, I am I am the lumberjack that like tries to save the trees. Like I like to be out in nature and be one with it. But, um, you know, I've got the bald look. Um, yeah, yeah you're have, bald and bearded where patreon.com slash trade addicts pod you'll even see what this beautiful man looks like but right. he isn't i was gonna ask like are you a lumberjack or do you just like wearing plaid uh, just a name that like it got uh, attached to me as i was growing up in my 20s and i actually i own my own personal training company and it's called lumberjack training systems so that it's it that is clever y- yes so it's just a name that's stuck with me for a long long time um do i actually like walk around in flannel with an axe no i live in south florida it's like 100 degrees with 90% humidity, although right now it's very windy outside. Uh, but uh, no, I'm not a real life lumberjack, but you know, I've got the lumberjack persona and look um, if, if you could see the video. So if not, I'm you really go to curious the reaction you would get if you found a bunch of like, real lumberjacks and you're like, yeah, I'm a lumberjack. I cut down palm trees. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I, I, I would also like if they were actually trying to cut down trees, I think I would stop them. Like, you know, I, I like to be like one with nature. Man. I like to go backpacking and hiking. I, I am I, everything that a South Florida person is not. Um, my favorite place in the world is Iceland. I've been there like five times. I hear it's so awesome. It is amazing. It's amazing. It's the most beautiful place in the world. I don't care. I actually when COVID hit in 2020, I took uh, the Icelandic language courses um, via Zoom. So I'm everything that a South Florida person is not. I'm not. I mean, I am Hispanic by blood, but I don't speak Spanish. I'm what we call a gringo. You know, I am. I like to be out in nature. I don't like to go to the club. I'm everything that a South Florida person is not. You don't speak Spanish, but you speak Icelandic. I speak more (laughs) Icelandic than I speak Spanish. Yes. (laughs) I feel like there's not too many people outside of Iceland that can say that. No, uh, and there's only 350,000 people in Iceland, so it's a very, like, I cannot use that language for anything. I can't even put it on a resume. It's completely useless. I mean, you can. (laughs) It just won't get you anything. And the thing about Iceland is, like, if you go, they all speak English, so it's just useless. (laughs) Can can you say anything in Icelandic now? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tak fyrisitast. Yegtala Zek. That's, hello, thank you, my name is Zach. Thank you for having me. <laughs> See, like, the part of the thing about that is like uh, when one person is speaking a language, the other two people don't, he could literally just make it. Yeah, he could have just like, great. And that's happened my whole life. People have always spoken Spanish around me. And I'm just like, I don't know what you just said. But I'm sure cool. our, all, all our Icelandic listeners will love that. Yeah, so now I can do it to them in Iceland. No, I want to go to myself. See if we actually have any listeners in Iceland. <laughs> one, one dude is just like, I know what he's saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your accent's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's 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 reel it back in and get to our little interviewee thing. How long, Zach, have you been playing fantasy football? Oh, I've been doing it for probably ten years at this point. But this is actually only my second year in Dynasty. 
And I got to the point where I was playing redraft and I just hated so much like having a player, for example, I hated having Rob Gronkowski in one league and then having to go up against Rob Gronkowski in the other league. So I just minimized it to one to one league. And I became the commissioner of that league. And I tried to get them into the idea of trading future picks. And nobody would go for it. I'm like, yeah, I'll trade you a fourth round pick in next year's draft for what, you know, and, and, and nobody went for it because it was, it was a redraft league. And then somebody invited me to a dynasty league and it changed my world forever. Like I'll never, ever go back to redraft. I think there's just too much luck involved unless it's an auction draft. Because an auction draft, you can, you can um, acquire any player you want at the onset, but you know, being at the, at the whim of a snake position, if I get the 12th pick in a snake draft, I have no shot at like Jonathan Taylor at Christian McCaffrey at Derrick Henry. So I just feel like it's too much luck involved. So I've been doing it for about 10 years. This is my second year in Dynasty. And I would say I'm in probably 20 leagues, and 18 of them were orphan teams I picked up. It's like my favorite thing. I love projects. I love projects. See, it's really funny. You did the opposite of what I did. When I was – I mean, now I'm going to go to Dynasty because in in redraft, like you said, it – I don't know. I never got super attached to my redraft teams just because, like you said, like there's so much more than just your skill and talent or know-how goes into it. But like I was in three or four dynasty leagues and I got into them where like, okay, well, tonight I need Gronk to score in between (laughs) 6.9 points. And 14.2 to win all of both of my leagues. Other like, And then it got to be so obnoxious to then where I got to 12 to 15 leagues where it's just like, I'm not going to bother looking anymore. Like, I know for a fact whoever I need to score points is scoring points against me somewhere. Yes. I literally just don't check my scores until Monday it's, morning. It's very annoying. And I um, up until recently, I would not even open my app mid-Sunday. Yeah. You know, I would I just open it at the end of Sunday and let the chips fall where they may, you know. Now I will kind of uh, watch a little bit more because I have invested quite a bit of time into some of these leagues in effort in rebuilding a lot of the teams. So I care a little bit more, which is why I appreciate Dynasty more. Like there's just – there's no offseason in Dynasty really. I know you're talking about like the point season and the non-point. That's what I love about Dynasty is like really if you're a committed player, there's never – an off season, like news is always happening and you can capitalize on that news in March, in June and in August and December, of course, when games are being played. Yes. I, I love it. Yes. Uh, (laughs) What are some of the best and worst trades you've made in dynasty thus far? Man, I'll tell you this one trade and and I'll preface this by saying I got them back. Okay. But here's my thing about orphan teams and tanking is if you want to tank, that's great. That's fine. You know, Dynasty is about the long-term picture. But you owe it to everybody in your league to to field a competitive team on Sunday. You know, like you shouldn't be starting Miles Gaskin last week when he was announced out. You shouldn't be having players that will not sniff the field in your lineup. That's not fair to the other 10 members or, or 12 members of your league where I need – you know, team X to lose. And, oh, I know they're playing the team that's tanking. Like I, I got, that's not fair to everybody else. So I'm, I'm about, you know, if you need to rebuild and you need to tank, 
tank, but field a competitive team. So I went into a game last season where I can't, I think I, I can't remember who it was. I had a running back and he was announced out before the like on Sunday morning. And I'm like, ah, oh, crap. So I reached out to a league member and I offered Michael Pittman and I think a, a third round pick from Melvin Gordon in a second. Mm. And, and and let me tell you too, I acquired Michael Pittman in the offseason because I saw a breakout coming. And this was still before he had that real breakout last year. I'm like, this guy's so disappointing. Like, I'll offer you Michael Pittman for Melvin Gordon. And, you know, of course, the guy accepted the offer. I hated it so much. <laughs> I hated that trade so much. Like, oh, man, it hurt me so bad um, because I was really high on Pittman before the season. This was after his rookie year. And uh, I, I rectified that situation. I had the 101 in that league, and I traded the 101 for the 106 and Michael Pittman. And then I traded the 106 back to 108 and acquired a second-round pick next year, and I drafted Chris Olave. So for the 101, I got Michael Pittman, a 23-2, nice. and Chris Olave. I'm not mad about that, but I feel like that's my best and worst trade all centered around <laughs> Michael Pittman. <laughs> I I like it because it's it tells a story. It, yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah, right. Like, but I love what you said. Me, it, it, oh, sorry. Go, go ahead. I was just gonna say I love what you said though about starting your best lineup. I, I do that. Yes. I have multiple rebuilding teams, and some of which are really bad, but have that have a guy or two that's still hanging around that's actually a point scorer, and I always put that guy in my lineup because I I, yeah. I believe in karma. You got you got to start your best lineup, so you're gonna your fantasy karma is gonna come get you. Listen, man, I want to win every matchup, okay? Even if I'm tanking, like, I want to win that game. I want to feel good about myself Sunday night. I actually do get a kick out of it if I have a shitty team and and, and I end up winning. I end up beating, like, a decent team that I'm trying to rebuild and I, I somehow beat their, like, four in, in one team or something like that. So, yeah. I, I, have, I have a league where I did a startup draft with the league, like, a month ago. And I told, I told Russ, I, I, like, I like projects. So, in the startup draft, I just kept trading back. Trading back, I acquired five first-round picks in 2023, and I somehow was the high scorer in that league last week. <laughs> like, you know, I started Matt Collins. I started Khalil Herbert. I didn't mean to score 215 points, but I did. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm in the league message board just talking smack. Like, hey, guys, I got your first-round pick, and I'm the high scorer. Like, uh, you know, I, again, like, that that trade, though, it also taught me a lesson. Like, yeah, field a competitive team, but don't. Don't like take away from the overall plan. No. You know, it was so stupid. That was such a stupid trade, but I I fixed it. Like I fixed it in the off season. You know, you did. And I probably lost that week too. <laughs> I'm all for tanking. Sorry. Um, I just I can't help it. Like it's it's part of the world. Why? Like what's the difference? Let it happen. Um, I mean, of course, if it's in the in the rules, like. That that's what's most important. Don't don't cheat. Don't go against the rules. But if it's in the rules, heck yeah, man, go tank. That's fine. Um, but mm, no, okay, <laughs> we're gonna move on. What is the guiding principle you take with you, whether you are offering or evaluating a trade? You have to have a plan. You have to have a long term plan um, in any sort of like this is dynasty, and and I think that and again, I'm a little bit newer to dynasty. But I feel like a lot of people listening to podcasts and, and watching YouTube videos or part of your Patreon Patreon are newer members to Dynasty. 
And a lot of people have that redraft approach to Dynasty still. And that's a lesson that will come with time. Like the trade I made, Melvin Gordon for Michael Pittman and draft picks be damned. That's a redraft trade. Like that is not a Dynasty trade. If you're a rebuilding team, you do not make that trade. So you have to have a plan and you have to see it through. So when I take over an orphan team, it's typically a two-year plan. Every move I make for the next two years is with, you know, whatever year two years from now is. So if I picked up an orphan team today, every move I make is with 2024 in mind. Is this going to make me better in 2024? Um, And you got to stick with it. It's very easy to get sidetracked from that. It's very easy to, oh, you know, if I just make the playoffs, I might squeak it. No, you're not trying to win for one year. You're trying to win for 10 years. Um, so you know, my, my, my guiding light in every single trade, every single piece of, of, of dynasty conversation, it typically starts with what is your plan? I'm the kind of guy that when, when I start a trade dialogue, I ask the owner, what do you want to do here? Oh, you have CMC on the board. Are you rebuilding? Cause if you are, I will offer you rebuilding pieces or draft picks or, if they put Damian Pierce on the board, what's your plan? Are you trying to compete now? Because I have Aaron Jones for you if you want to give me Damian Pierce plus a draft pick. You know, it, it, like you have to figure out, A, what's your plan, and B, what's their plan. Um, I'm, I'm not the, like, let me just send you a trade guy. I'm not that guy. I'm going to have a dialogue with you. You're going you're gonna to talk to me whether you like it or not, all right? And, and you know, for me, every, every trade – is it's a conversation it's a dialogue that's always going back and forth it's very 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 rare that i send or accept a trade without a dialogue before hitting accept or decline i feel like we would have a lot of fun in a league together because i would probably sit there talking to you for like an hour and a half and then do the exact opposite of what we just talked about oh i know no, like you know this value's not right i just don't feel it eh, you know what screw it i'm gonna take it oh <laughs> like, i know plenty of people like that yeah, yeah you, you are not alone on that yeah yeah, I mean that's also one of the a good strategy of talking for someone so long that they just sort of like, nah, what have we been talking about for so long? I'm just gonna accept it anyway. <laughs> well, I, I I use the term on Dynasty Rewind all the time, finesse. I am much. I'm a finesse trader. I will oh, talk I'm... you. I will talk you into this trade. Oh, hey, I, look I'm, at how... I'm the opposite. I'm like the Hulk, the thing. I just bash you in the face into submission. <laughs> I'll send crap at you until you're just like, oh my God, Rush, shut up. Will you shut up if I accept it? Will you stop? Will you go away? Will you give me like three days off? Just leave me alone? Okay, here, accept. Like, you that, know, I'm, that... the, I'm the, hey, look at the target share guy. Look at the snaps played guy. You know, I'm the finesser. I finesse that trade. Here you go. This is going to be okay. It'll be okay. You can accept this. <laughs> It'll be okay. <laughs> <clears throat> Love it. Okay, well, that is our little interviewee thing. So we have news, unfortunately. Um, the first news is Mac Jones has a quote-unquote severe high ankle sprain. And I mean, like, I write down the first thing I see because it always seems to change. Like, every five minutes, you see your report with different things. I saw four to eight weeks. And first of all, that is a very large window. <laughs> and second of all, and then I saw once he could, you know, be out for three weeks and then come back. I'm like, no, I'm not changing it. I wrote down four to eight weeks. I'm just going to leave it. What is your plan? Okay, no, take a step further back. Were there any assets on the Patriots you thought were worthwhile in the first place? And if you did, does this change anything for you? 
the Patriots for me are a team I absolutely want no part of. And this was before the Mac Jones injury. You know, again, I, I am I am a Dolphins fan. I'm very well versed in the teams in the AFC East. And I've seen what the Patriots do with running backs. And this is over a 10-year period. Like, do you remember Jonas Gray? Do you remember him waking up late for practice and never hearing from him again? That's what can happen to you if you're a member of the New England Patriots. And I don't want that. I don't want that headache every single Sunday of, oh, well, last week this guy had 15 points and 10. Like, I don't want that headache. I want players in my lineup that I know are going to for sure get opportunities. Now, I will say that the running backs of the Patriots become more interesting here because what's going to be like Brian Hoyer or is it Carson Strong? Uh, I don't There's trust like any of those Zap guys. Bailey or something. Zappy? Like okay, yeah, Carson Strong was on Philly. I, I don't want any part of that, you know. So I and Damian Harris is still putting up RB one numbers. If I'm not mistaken, we all thought it was going to be the Ramondre Stevenson show before the season. I knew that one both, game. Well, this but, week, right? Damian Harris. Yeah, was this, yeah. I, I think Harris scored a touchdown this week. So yeah, I could be wrong on that. Like, yeah, I could be wrong, yeah. but I think both those guys become very interesting now. But. I don't want any part of them still like long-term. I, I, I don't know where Damian Harris is playing next year. I don't know if he's yeah. a RB one on any other team and, and the, the Patriots will just go back into the draft and draft three more running backs. And yep. I, I just don't want any part of that team. And like, here, here's a perfect um, summary of why I don't want any part. Like Hunter Henry is a, is a non-factor in fantasy right now. Johnny Smith has more, fantasy points than hunter henry right now i want no part of that offense please keep me as far away as possible and hunter henry just scored so many touchdowns last year i thought he would at least be a little dependable and he's not at all they're not good team. i mean they're, they're, I, again i saw them week one the offense was dreadful um i just, i i've never wanted a part of patriots on on, on in terms of fantasy players I, the skill position players do not excite me i don't want any of those running backs it was like oh Ramondre stevenson steel like i i don't want any part of it <laughs> you know they, they drafted two running backs i don't want any part of it because the next thing you know it's like oh uh pierre strong is now the rb2 like i don't want i i, I can't do it i can't do it I do have my just in case Ramon J share. I will just point that, but I don't think I have a, a Harris anywhere. All right, I have a Harris share that I inherited on an orphan team, and I've, I've, I've been every week. I'm like, he's on the trade block, and nobody wants it. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I agree with Zach. I, I don't have much to add. Just to answer your initial question, yeah, there's nobody I was really all that interested uh, in on that team, even including the running backs, and that includes Mac Jones. So. <laughs> yeah, I, we know how you feel about Mac Jones by now, uh, Rocky. Yeah, like I said, I'll, if if he if he becomes Kirk Cousins, then I will like him because we all know I love Kirk Cousins. But right now he's not there, and they have no interest in getting him there because they give him nobody to work with. So I will, uh, I'll, yeah, I, I'll just agree with Zach. He he's pretty much right. It doesn't change much. They're, they were all crap options to begin with. Now they're just crappier options. Fair enough. <laughs> we could definitely leave it at that. And we have a, a pair of shoulder injuries and, again, varying information about what to do about their injury length. DeAndre Swift hurts his shoulder, could miss a few weeks, and then I hear he's day-to-day, and then I hear he's week-to-week, and then I hear his arm just straight fell off. I don't know. And Dalvin Cook's shoulder injury again, but he is day-to-day because, like, I... Is his, I, I think it's like a weirder thing. Like we need to put it on the injury report when his shoulder is in its socket. 
<laughs> I, I think it just exists in a dislocated right. position. Yeah, if you remember, he had a game last year where there was danger he was going to miss, and then he went out and ran for like 220 yards. If if Dalvin Cook is active for the game, you start Dalvin Cook on your fantasy team. Like yeah. that's he knows how to deal with this. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. Um, he's like one of those players that you know if he has an off week, you just you, you accept it, right? Because of the the ceiling that he offers um, in any single in any mm-hmm. single against any single opponent. DeAndre Swift. I mean, I I would not expect him back until after the bye. You know, their bye is week six, week seven. They're up against the Cowboys. And look, even if he's if if he's back, right? I think everybody talked about DeAndre Swift before the season, and there are so many other weapons there. But they also really like Jamal Williams. (laughs) Like he's awesome as a human being and as a football player. Well, he's he's good as a football player. He just seems like an awesome person. Right. But the problem is, is that. Unless DeAndre Swift is scoring a 25 or 30-yard touchdown, the goal line opportunities go to Jamal Williams. So it's an interesting scenario where I think that we think of DeAndre Swift the way that we thought about him prior to the season. Like, oh, he's this running back with all this opportunity. He's going to take the next step. And, like, they don't want to give him more than 10 carries a game. Now, he may also get 10 catches a game. um, But Amon Ra can get 10 catches. Jamison Williams is coming. TJ Hawkinson is there. DJ Chark is a thing. Josh Reynolds is a thing. Jamal Williams is a thing. Like, at a certain point, it, it, it becomes like I, I'm not counting on DeAndre Swift till after the bye. And even if he comes back like week five or wh- whatever it may be, I, I, I probably wouldn't play him just because I can't trust that offense. And I can't trust, I, I can't trust what they say until like I, I feel with that kind of an injury, a three or four week, uh, time period off is, is what's necessary. So I would not expect him back till after the bye. You would have the wherewithal, if you will, that if they start DeAndre Swift, you would leave him on your fantasy bench. I started Mac Hollins and Khalil Herbert last week. So yes. <laughs> if he's starting on play, I mean, he, he was it last uh, week two. He, he was in danger of missing the week with an ankle, only got 10 touches and, Still produced like a seventeen point fantasy day. I, I if he's playing, I'm starting him. It, to me, it, it'd be matchup dependent, and I'm looking at the schedule and I'm seeing New England week five, and that's a very good defense. I, I just like I'm not playing him till after the bye. You know, I, I and I don't see a reason for them to bring him back. Like they're not a, a good team this year. They're an okay team. He's 23 years old. He's the future of that team. Like if, if the rest of them are healthier, the Lions not a good offense though. They are Their a great offense. They have, doing yeah. pretty well, though. they have a terrible defense, though. <laughs> and they're right. safe. So I'm saying they could the be IR. score. I still think they could score on New England. Even I, mean, I, I think the Eagles are a good defense, and we've seen that the last two weeks, and the Lions put up 35 on them. It, it, I, for for me, for what I've seen from that team, a there's a there's a that's an injury that has a high capability of re-injuring if you're not healthy, and b they like Jamal Williams enough. So like, oh yeah, he he's active, he's active, and then he's got three carries and one target. Like, it's a danger. You know, he goes out there. Oh, oh this is not feeling good. All right, he's mm-hmm. out. He that's a a Christian McCaffrey situation where you started him and he's out in the first quarter. Okay, I hear you. Situation time. You have a team, middle of the pack. So you're not fantasy, sure what to do with your team. Wise. Maybe you're competing. Maybe you're rebuilding. You don't know. 
someone sends you what looks to be a mid-second for Jamal Williams. Would you hold on to Jamal Williams or would you send him away for a mid-second? Do I have do, do I have DeAndre Swift on my roster? I don't care. <laughs> I think I think that would matter. If I had DeAndre Swift, I'm not moving Jamal Williams. Okay, I'm a, I'm a I'm a handcuff guy. So Okay, so yeah, that sounds not. weird. That sounds kinky, but like I'm a handcuff guy. No, know? we don't judge people. You be whatever makes you happy as long as you know you're not getting hurt when you don't want to be. Um <laughs> So mid-second for Jamal Williams, would you send Jamal Williams away for a second, or do you think he's worth more? Or if I'm not a DeAndre Swift owner, I, I I probably accept that. Yeah, I'm moving him either way. Yeah, for mid-second. Yeah. Okay, I agree. I, I was more curious to see if, especially now that we have the first uh, injury of Swift this year, if we're willing to say, no, you know what? Couple of weeks now, it's going to be a couple of weeks later. I want a late first, and just to see if anyone would actually yeah. have, have the chutzpah to no say that, that. No less stick to I, it I, afterwards. I, I that said, though, Williams is going to be good while he's out. He he, he is. Yes. Yeah. He he's good. He, he he produces a lot while he's there. So I mean, <laughs> well, like Zach said, he's kind of the touchdown guy. If it's yeah. not a thirty-yard, you know, he's the goal line guy. Saw that in that Week One game against the Eagles. Swift killed it. And Williams came in yeah. twice and stole touchdown throws. He, yeah. he is the goal line option. That who's the, who, and look, I mean, if you saw Hard Knocks, like that dude's got a physique to like punch it in from the one two yard line. DeAndre Swift is a little, um, you know, he's kind of that scat back that you know can catch out of the backfield. He's not a, a pounded in from the one kind of uh, running back. And and for me, like Jamal Williams is their goal line back. That is not a question in my mind. Mm-hmm. Anything about the Vikings? Anything with Dalvin or <laughs> Madison? Does anything change because of I, this? Or just like, I, I agree oh, with yeah, you. I like if he's if he's active, I play. I don't yeah. I don't really question that one. You know, uh, I might look at the matchup. Like if he's playing against the Buccaneers, I might not play him. You know, I had that situation last week with uh, I have a team where I have Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, and I played them both, even though I knew it was a bad idea. Um, Gotta go. So, you know, it's, it's matchup dependent, but I, I think like 30 out of 32 matchups, I'll, I will start Dalvin Cook if he's active. Yeah. Yeah. And these short term injuries, yeah, they, they rarely affect anything dynasty wise for me. Yeah. Though. I know, but people are thinking it. So I figure I'd say it out loud and see if anything surprising <laughs> came out of either of you two. Um, the next one we have is Sterling Shepard toward his ACL, which that poor dude, like, he always does so well in these spurts, and then and he came back from an Achilles, wasn't it? I yep. think last year, yeah. Yep. And t- it was playing decently too. And yeah, t- this sucks for that to happen to him. And, and but, did you see the injury though? No, I don't. Okay, I try. Let I me, do my best not to go out I, of my way to see them. Let me explain. I was watching injury. most of that game, but I missed that. I, let me explain I wasn't watching how this. The end. Let me explain how this injury happened. It is the last play of the yeah. game. Oh no. And he is running in a straight line, and he is not running, like, full speed. He's just like, okay, it's over. And out of nowhere, it's like somebody shot him, like a, like a sniper shot him. Just, and you, oh! Like, non-contact, not full speed, just casually running in a straight line. And I feel so bad for this guy. It's awful. You absolutely have to go see the, like, again, it was like a sniper shot him out of nowhere. 
It'll be one of those things where people superimpose like one of like the Street Fighter guys sweeping the leg and then yes. he goes down. It was awful. I, I feel so bad for that guy. And then Kenny Galladay actually caught a ball this game, so here we David go. Sills, baby. He also dropped one too. He also yeah, dropped he did. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a big third down too, or something like yeah. that, right? Anything I hope on the Giants. That's what I was just going to say. What I hope comes out of it, and I'm not even a big fan of this guy, but I just want to know if he's good or not, rather than just see him sitting on the bench. And I know he was hurt this past week, but Kadarius Tony, I hope maybe this helps him get more into the lineup. Uh, I guess I, I don't really uh, roster many Kadarius Tony shares. I think I may have one or two, but I'm just curious. I mean, he's shown flashes. I'm just curious. Is this guy good? Why? It, it feels kind of like, uh, you know, Ayuk last year, where even when he was healthy, they, they just don't seem to want to play him. And when he was on the field a few times, he showed flashes even this year with like the 10 snaps he's gotten. I saw something that was complete BS, where it was like the Giants in trade talks with the Packers to send like Galladay and Tony. It's like, <laughs> come on. No, no, but please <laughs> you know, like, move him along. Let's go. I mean, we get to see Tony on a real team that wants to use him. And then we get to see Wandale if he ever really goes. That's where but, I was going next. Yeah. Uh, I would like to see Wandale Robinson in that offense. Everything in the preseason was trending that direction. And then I was very excited to see Daniel Bellinger last night. Uh, yeah, he was, he was a part of the offense. Touchdown. Yeah. He was a part of that offense. Um, I think they had another rookie. Uh, tight end as well i'm not sure uh maybe, maybe maybe it was dallas was that maybe it was dallas with ferguson yes, and ferguson like, yeah they have Pepper, ferguson. Pepper, or uh pendershot i love that guy's name i have no nothing about him but i just love the name yeah like he <laughs> you know uh so last night you got to see two rookie tight ends that i was i've been very i have a lot of shares of both ferguson and bellinger that's kind of like taxi squad players so i was very interested to see um, both of those guys uh, get some run last night. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I have a ton of Bellinger. And yeah, it's been like, yeah. he but he begged week one, and I thought, okay, he's a rookie. He's not doing anything this year. And he had a touchdown, I think, in week two, and he looked nice uh, this week too. So yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, he was one of those last pick of the draft or yep. on the waiver wire after. Yeah. Also, we do our rookie draft super early, and then there started to be some buzz for him, and most of ours were finished by the time that started. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, like again, especially you don't really expect rookie tight ends to do anything no. their first season, no less on such bad offenses. Uh, before we do move on, because that was the end of our news, we do have two questions in the chat, and I figure we, you know, might as well reward our buddies for watching and being and helping us out. Kenny's asking, was Devontae Parker's performance a fluke? Yes, <laughs> of course. Yes. Um, it, here's 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 what you need to take out of that uh, out of that performance. If you have a wide receiver that's starting against the Ravens, you start them. That's what you take out of that performance. Yes. Because Devontae Parker is coming off the heels of Tyreek and, and Jalen Waddle. And yeah, and like the dude almost had a career day against the Like, if you have a wide receiver playing against the Ravens, that's an automatic start in my book. <laughs> but like, point. he's done it before. Like, he has been not terrible. He had like two catches in the first two games. <laughs> I didn't mean this season. Calm down, Rocky. <laughs> Okay, uh, and Corey says, what's up, fellas? What do you think of Stafford's value in Superflex now? Damn. That's, that's a good question, yeah. Because, <laughs> like, I love Stafford, but he's had a rough start, man. Yes. The, I think besides Cup, the offense doesn't look good. They miss no. Odell Beckham. I miss Odell Beckham. I mean, I give out, like, 
Just keep throwing Robinson the ball. He'll be fine. Do they do they miss Van Jefferson? Like, what is wrong with that offense, man? I don't know, but it's weird, and I don't like it. Like, just and then the whole like, Cam Akers thing. Like, was he not he's... was he not good? Was he not healthy in week one? But he was healthy in week three. What what's happening there? I don't know. <laughs> it's Stafford so is QB twenty one. That's that's pretty rough. Sucks for what I traded for him in the offseason. Two sub fourteen <laughs> point performances too. That's like I, yeah, I he had like know. fifty pass attempts last week. Or no, he <clears throat> it was Murray who had fifty. Like him and Murray had ninety pass attempts or something something thereof. Zero touchdowns in that game. Yeah. What oh, is wow. going on? <laughs> 41, 36, 25 are Stafford's pass attempts per game. One touchdown, three touchdowns, zero touchdowns. Three interceptions, two interceptions, zero interceptions. It's not going to get better coming up, too. They got the 49ers, Cowboys, and Panthers, who've all been – even the Panthers have been playing solid defense. And then and they get their a Their opponents haven't been great, but – They get a bye. Then they get the 49ers, the Buccaneers. The they get the Cardinals, <laughs> and then the Saints. They have a nice stretch after that, but, yeah, that's – yeah, know. maybe maybe wait a few weeks and then go buy, try and buy Stafford low for the second half. Yeah, yeah, and try and it ride him for that. Depends if you're talking about buying or selling. Realize that they played the Broncos and the Chargers and the oh jeez. Yeah, if you're talking about buying Stafford, I mean, if you could buy low, great. Uh, if you're trying to sell, it's not the time. It's not the time. No, you're still getting a first for him, right? Oh yeah, you so. have. No, oh, I don't think no, so. I think you have to get a first for him. I mean, you would like to, but I mean, if I... Yeah, you just both said two different things. You're saying you have to in order to do it, and he's saying you're just not going to get it. I don't think you're going to get it. I, Yeah, I don't know if you are either. But <laughs> but I think, so. I mean, if somebody needs a quarterback, I, I don't think... I think they'd be... I, you'd be insulting someone to send a second for Stafford, I'm, even Two with seconds? the start. It's probably a second plus. No. Yeah, probably second plus. And I, okay. and I, and I would not accept that. I'm just saying, yeah. I, I don't think you could get a first right now. I, Hey, man, I got my 101, but we'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> last question, and then we're going to move on to, you know, our actual show sheet. Corey also asks, what would you trade away for Romeo Dubs? Like, we were giving seconds before the season started for Dubs because yeah. of the hype. But he's kind of a thing now. Yeah. So, like, are you giving two seconds for Romeo Dubs right now? No. No. <laughs> I would no. do a second, and I wouldn't have in the preseason. I didn't think he was going to be a thing. I thought this was all hype. But gi- given that we saw him have a game, given that the rest of Sammy's on IR, the rest of those guys are not, do- you know, as we expected, are not doing much of anything. Watson's been hurt a lot of the time. So it's basically Lazard who's back now and Dobbs. So I <laughs> – I think he may produce this year. And even if he never is a thing after this year, if he produces this year, that's my problem. That's worth a second. That's my problem with offering. Like I, I would probably offer a second. I, I would not offer anything more than that because to me, the problem with dubs or dubs is not actually him. It's like, I don't know who his quarterback is next the year. The problem is nobody knows how to say his name, it's, <laughs> including me. Listen, if you have a you in your name, you got to pronounce like, it's, it's Dubs, Dubs, <laughs> Dubs, Dubs. Dubs. I've heard Dub. I, I, I've heard it. The correct pronunciation is Dubs, but I don't know if that's right. I'm just gonna keep saying Dubs until someone who knows what they're talking about corrects me. Yeah, me, did they don't. I remember on like on Monday. Was it Monday nights or uh, Sunday nights? They used to have the guys say their names. Uh, yes, they should do that. Yeah, so we know how to pronounce his name. <laughs> I still, to this day, 
say Clyde Edwards Elair <laughs> his first game was that Thursday night and they made such sure that they <laughs> just go Elair not Hilaire Elair so, so I'm like I st- I don't even mean to do it but it still just happens like Elair <laughs> I, I was listening to Wall Street the other day and I just think I love every time Russ does the Elair. <laughs> again, and I wish I did it on purpose because I find it hilarious, but it's just. Okay, so let's move on. Wonderful guest that you are, even though I don't know how I feel about you just yet because you started off being pretty mean. Um, oh. Do you want to do trade addicts, trades, or listener questions first? Uh, we just did some questions. So let's do, uh, let's do some trade addicts. Deep breath. Trade Addicts Leagues, 12 teams, super flex, PPR, tight end premium with 1.7 points per tight end reception with 0.05 points for return yardage, except for TA1. And man, do we have a TA1 trade. Finally, (laughs) finally, I got my first back. I finally got my first back. And (sighs) you moved those two guys you stole. I did. (laughs) Okay, so here's the trade. Here's the trade. I got my first, what is probably, okay, my first is probably going to be the 102 because, man, is Eric doing a good job of tanking. (laughs) But I have his second. (laughs) So I probably have the 102 and 201 and C.D. Lamb for Matt Stafford, Khalil Herbert, Isaiah Pacheco, Cooper Cup, and a 24 second. Ooh, let me do that lot. one more time. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. Can you can you go back to the Superflex tight end premium one point? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, Khalil Herbert, Isaiah Pacheco, and a 24 second for my 23 first back, an early 23 second, and CD Lamb. Now let me tell you how I felt about this. To me, I kind of just crossed out Cup and Lamb. Because That's what I was just thinking. Their value is close enough, and especially to me who wants to rebuild and him who wants to score points, that makes them more valuable for the other side, even yep. though Lamb finally went nuts uh, you know, this game when Although I got he, him. Yay. He dropped a short touchdown too. But... Oh, man. Like, <laughs> I love it when you just see them like jogging back, hysterically laughing and patting their chest like, yeah, yeah I just did that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so crossing out Lamb and Cup, and then I figure an early first and a second for Matt Stafford and a 24 second. And then, cool, take Herbert and Bicheco just to make this happen. Because how do you value Pacheco and Herbert right now? I don't even really know. Yeah. Clearly... If I was competing, man, I wish I would have held on to Herbert. And if I was competing, I would have held on to Herbert. I want to point that out because I I believe in that guy to do well this year, even when there wasn't a Montgomery injury. Like, I think by the end of the year, that split's going to work its way into Herbert's favor just because I think he's more dynamic. But in this case where Herbert might not be a long-term option and I just want to get points away because I'm finally getting my first back, I did not care about throwing in Herbert and Pacheco. This is a, it's it's an interesting one. I, I agree with you guys in in the valuation of Cup and um, Lamb canceling each other out because if you were doing a startup draft, they both go in the first round. 
They both go in the first round of the startup draft. I think Cup goes a little bit sooner. I but, can answer that. Hold on. I'm I doing mean, one of the DLF mocks. Oh, Keep talking. Sorry. Go, I, I interrupted go. for no reason. Um, that would be in a non-super flex draft. I'm in a non-super flex. Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I should say I should say that. Then then if, if it is super flex, they both go, I would say top. Yeah, eight. they still go. Your point's still the same. Yes. They go. 106, in the same area. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Um I, the only thing I, I will say is that I am a big Khalil Herbert fan. I, I think like Dave uh, Montgomery is on the last year of his rookie deal. And I just don't know if he's like special enough that the, the, the bears, unless he takes, you know, a, I don't want to say team friendly contracts because running backs don't even get paid that, that much these days, but like David Montgomery is going to want to go get paid. And I don't know if the bears are going to want to do that when they have a Khalil Herbert who's on an extremely cheap rookie contract. Like, he's a third or fourth or fifth round pick uh, last year. So, I'm a big Herbert fan. I like Herbert. I'm starting him in my lineups in some leagues right now. Not because my team is good, though. Um, yeah. But, but, but like, also, like, if Herbert is the is the piece that, that stops you from getting the potential 102, then I agree with you. Like, I still do that trade. I would be trying to not trade Khalil Herbert in that trade. And I would have said this prior to Sunday if you had asked me. But again, like if that's the difference between you getting the 102, then I probably still make that trade. Yeah, we were talking before the show about uh, uh, you know some different trades in our leagues, and I, I talked about the getting your uh, first back tax. Mm-hmm. And, and and I kind of agree with the way you broke this down. And if you're you're getting your first back tax was Khalil Herbert and Isaiah, Isaiah Pacheco. I, I think that's fine. You know, I, I think maybe those two push the value slightly and not that they mean a ton, but maybe they push it slightly over to that side, but it's worth it to get your own pick back in, in a rebuild. And like you said, you got the two at one and CD lamb. I still, I still like a lot. It'll be interesting to see uh, what he looks like, especially when, when Dak comes back, which seems like it's going to be sooner than later from, from what they're saying now could be in like two to three weeks. So, uh, I, I still think this year he could he could be pretty good. I mean, I, I am worried a little bit about this Cowboys offense because the line's not great. But but Cooper Rush hasn't looked like half bad, right? So, so three and I would ima- starter. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine Dak could could do pretty decent. Maybe they're figuring some stuff out with the line. But uh, yeah, I, to me, I I think that's a perfectly fine. It's it's pretty even, slightly maybe with the little pieces on the other side. But but again, that's that's what you had to do to get your first. Yeah, it made me happy. Because, <laughs> man, the, the back and forth Jim and I have been going through for the past couple of months yes. has been a lot. So I'm glad. If you've been listening happy. to the show, you've heard the uh, the winding tale of Russ and his first and trying to get it from Jim. <laughs> what did you trade the first four in the first? Oh, place? who knows? Yeah, it, it was, was probably two back. years ago. <laughs> oh, wow. Jim oh, is absolutely man. like he's he's very good at this game. Like. He really knows to go after me yeah. the second I get my new picks. Like, you know, and I will usually trade him away. Like, yeah, he, we all we all know that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's not like, yeah, this it was not on purpose that he had my first, but I've I've learned. And honestly, it was him doing this to me three years in a row that made me learn my lesson not to be too too quick about it. But honestly, I think it involved getting Devontae Adams at one point. I don't know why that's sticking in my head, but I think I may have used it to get Devontae Adams. Though I've never won TA1, so it didn't work out in my favor. It's always oh, worth well. giving up a pick to get Devontae Adams, though. Yeah, I, I like Devontae Adams. So TA2, we have Derek Carr, 
Darren Waller and a 23 second for Zach Wilson, Pat Fryermuth, a 23 third and 24 first. Man, I feel a lot differently about David Carr today than I did a week ago. Did I say David Carr? Did you say David Carr? Or is it Derek Carr? And I, I, I think I said David Carr. He said David Carr. I'm not sure if you said it or not. I, I, <laughs> I said it correctly, and you're the wrong one. I still, I still feel differently about David Carr because he's a he's Carr He's a much brother. worse announcer than he was a few weeks ago. Oh, God. Yeah, he's, he's terrible. Um, he's I, still Jack, though, I'm sure. Like, everybody loved Derek Carr before the season. And if, if, this, if this season doesn't work out for them, and I think, I think they re-signed him to some kind of small contract before the season but like oh they, they can pretty much just yeah do they after they, the they they can't still do the 10th year of Derek Carr can they if this doesn't work out I mean they can I don't think so like I mean of they, course they, they can't can, do but... that right they can't do that they're own three <laughs> this has gone so poorly <laughs> this has gone so poorly and they're in a they're in an insanely tough division. Like I think the Broncos eventually get it somewhat figured out, and they're still two and one, right? The Chiefs, yeah. the Chargers, the Raiders are zero and three. Yeah, like I don't know how much how much long term value Derek Carr has at this point. Darren Waller, I think, is fine. He's a probably a top five tight end still. Um, you don't think Derek Carr starts somewhere next year? He might. He might, but like, how long is his leash? It's like a, it's like a, it's like a uh, Carson Wentz type of leash. I f- can, I think it's. More I can Carson. firmly see the Seahawks being insanely dumb and getting Derek Carr instead of using their early first on a quarterback. I will okay, say like, what, too- what does that mean, though? Like, is that what you want? <laughs> but he's still a, a starting quarterback in the NFL. Sure, like so points. is Mitch Trubisky. He's putting awful. up twenty, thirty fantasy points a game. That's, I will say that's too, not, that's not gonna, but that's not going to be happening week 12, 13, like yeah. when there's when teams have some film of what they're doing, you know. Is, is his real NFL status is obviously relevant because if he's not playing, he's not scoring points. But he's actually been better for fantasy than I thought. I just looked. He's QB eleven. Would you guys have thought Derek Carr is QB eleven so far? This this is the same thing as Carson Wentz though. Like he's putting up fantasy numbers that are uh, that are great. But like, what is his real life situation? It's not great right oh, now. Oh no, yeah, I agree. <laughs> so, how long can you depend on that if you're trading for it? If I'm trading for a quarterback and a super flex, it's probably going to cost me a lot, and I need to have that security of in a year this is not a problem. And you don't have that with Derek Carr. He on may the flip a... side, though, Zach Wilson is horrible. It's true, but <laughs> but what I will say about that is like he's a first round pick and he's gonna have a leash. Like it, it, there's a two year leash there where they're going to try and look at the weapons they put around him. You know, Elijah Agreed. Moore, uh, Garrett Wilson, dude. Tyler Conklin doesn't look bad. Brees Hall, Michael Carter, th- those weapons. Corey Davis looks. Corey Davis was a yeah. top ten pick, guys. Let's not forget that. So I don't know, man. Just Derek Carr. Oh man. He might be a great fantasy quarterback, but you got to look at the game script sometimes. He might be a great fantasy quarterback because he's trailing in every single third and fourth quarter and has to throw the ball. Again, I'm still fine with that because I still think he's – even if it's not in the Raiders, he starts next year, and that's all that matters. I think so, too. I'm like – I'm fascinated, though, on the other side, because I brought him up, Zach Wilson. I am fascinated to see what he does because he should – be at least decent with what he has to work. We've seen Joe Flacco, you know, be halfway decent with Joe Flacco. (laughs) It's been like 10 years and I'm still not letting that go. 
Joe Flacco. It's probably more than ten years at this point. If he looks like he did last year, I mean, that's a disaster. Like, if he looks like he did last year, or only slightly better, is he the starter in twenty three? Yeah, they'll probably start him until they until like they can get rid of him. Even if they're picking top five, six, seven, he has to be. You don't think they even think about rosening him? I have been told that that was a very unique situation that won't happen again. That it was just the change of coach and that, yeah, coach that had his guys it. being right there. And I was the one that was saying that, like, it's a they thing were, that they were right now also. because it's happened. They were right also. Like, Josh Rosen is not even in the league anymore, I don't think. They were right. But I, you know, anyone who listens to this knows I also think Josh, uh, Josh, Zach Wilson is not very good either. So, I, I would think they would be right to move on from Zach Wilson. So. What's hilarious, Zach Wilson is Sam Darnold. And, and I was a little slow to realize that, but he's that guy where, what does he do? What did you, how did he make that throw? That was, a, why did he make that throw? That was terrible. <laughs> did he just throw it to the stands? Like, oh my God, did you see that throw? He just made it the back shoulder and like, and, and like bad, bad, bad. Oh my God, what did he do? That was the coolest thing ever. Bad, bad. Oh, how did he do that? <laughs> And yeah, he'll throw for like 25 touchdowns where 16 of them are the coolest thing you've ever seen. But when he throws 40 interceptions, it's not really worth it in the long run. So he's Jameis Winston then? Yeah. Oh, I'd be <laughs> thrilled if Zach Wilson was Jameis Winston. I don't think he's Jameis Winston. Yeah. No, Jameis Wilson act- like he Winston has <clears throat> like when Winston stops thinking he's a very good quarterback. I think he just gets in his own head because like even in college, remember, he wasn't he was good. And then it was like the last five minutes of the game, and he was the greatest quarterback in the world. Well, I don't, like, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but Jameis Winston is back, bro. <laughs> like Jameis Winston, Jameis Winston, yeah. Yeah, he's back. He's, he's <laughs> thrown like five interceptions in the last two games. Did you see Did you see the throws to Olave in week two? Yeah. <laughs> they were all 50 yards down the field. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so uh, this – oh, wait, so Ali, I don't even – did we pick a side in any of this? No, we talked for ten about the trade. I think we just talked about Derek Carr and Zach Wilson the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going to Zach Wilson, Fryermuth, and you get a, and a first round pick. I know it's two years or uh, two years from now, but I think you get a little bit more security in your two positions there. You may, um, you probably lose a little bit of value in terms of what they'll give you right now. They both have a, a ceiling that you know it could be uh, Zach Wilson could be a QB one. Uh, Fryermuth could be a tight end. I mean, he was a tight end one last year, so he he can he can be a tight end one. Um, and I'll take the the extra picks in that. Yeah, I. You want to say uh, you want to go, Russ? Yeah, I I remember this went through, and after I was done yelling that someone was helping other teams compete in a league I'm doing well in, um, this is very even value wise to me. Like I thought it was a really good trade. And then I figured I would just side with the youth in the first, having nothing to do with the players involved whatsoever since it was fair value. Because all of those players on the bottom, on the bottom, like people can see it written out, Zach Wilson and Fryermuth both can not too difficultly increase their value or make them easier to flip than Derek Carr and Darren Waller. And you get a first, even if it is a year out. So that's really all it comes down to is every minute that goes by, Darren Waller is going to get harder to move. Every minute that goes by, Derek Carr will probably also get harder to move if you want a good value for him. 
like I got offered a late second and I'm just like, no, I get it that I just got my first back. So I want to rebuild, but that's still not good value for a quarterback. That's still going to score you a lot of points. So no. And, And it's just like, okay, well, I haven't gotten any other offers besides that. I wonder what I can get. Now I'm going to go start spamming the league and see what I can get out of it. But it's just, I don't, so give me Zach Wilson who can come back and maybe he looks pretty good for the first two games. I think if that happens, it's going to be pretty easy to move him to a rebuilding team. Like you don't have to send him to a competing team. Like if you can get a wide receiver you like and sending Zach Wilson like, usually I don't like sending a quarterback, a young quarterback, without getting a quarterback back. But when it's Zach Wilson, I'll make the exception and I'll just go do it. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know I, I looked I looked last year, right, from weeks 13 to weeks 18. Zach Wilson was the QB 11. Derek Carr was the QB 19. Like, I'll I'll take that. Like, like you said, Russ, I'll take the youth in that trade. Um, they, they both have a ceiling. They both have opportunity. Like, Fryer Youth is locked in as a tight end. Mm-hmm. He's what twenty four years old, and Zach Wilson, at the very least, you know, in my opinion, is going to have a two year leash. Like if things go wrong this year, it's like, well, oh, he was injured to start the first four weeks. He wasn't at practice. You, you, you teams make excuses for quarterbacks all the time. I mean, I had mm-hmm. Ryan Tannehill for seven years. I, I firsthand saw that. So he had one really good year, and that's what screwed them over. Like year three, I think it was. He had that four thousand yard year. No, that was the first year of Adam Gase when they made the playoffs because Jay Ajayi ran for two hundred yards every game. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and but he, like he, he had a four thousand yard year, well. and then all of a sudden it's just like maybe he's good, and then QB purgatory. Well, he tore his ACL, and they didn't get yeah. the surgery. Then he tore it again. They Jay Cutler. It's been so, it's been the last twenty years of my life have been terrible. So 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 Zach Wilson may have been QB eleven the last however many games last year. He also threw single digit touchdowns last year. Eleven. Um, <laughs> so uh, he must have concentrated them in the last uh, five games or something. I guess uh, but, he had three rushing touchdowns and 160 uh, yards. That helps. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, but, but he only had one interception. That helps too. So. Too. Yeah. And just, you won't hear me say this very often, but I would take the Zach Wilson side of this trade, uh, mainly because if you take out the quarterbacks, I even on a competing team, I would give Waller in a second for Fryermuth a third and a, a 24 first. Because I I don't I don't Waller terrifies me. I, I I don't know that he's a top five tight end anymore. He he had one I think good game out of these first three of the other ones. He's just been kind of meh. And I'll take Fryermuth. I mean Fryermuth has been very good. The, Mitch Trubisky's not going to be his quarterback forever. He looked great last year. I'll take the firsts and. I will, as Russ said, look to flip Zach Wilson the second he has one or two good games and I can move on from him. Uh, real quick, though, Waller, four, uh, 15 points, 21.5, 7.45. But his targets were 6, 8, and 5. Yeah. So it all just comes, like, he's getting similar target shares. It's just what he does with them. And apparently, MFL says the Titans have rank at ninth against tight ends. So maybe it was just a matchup thing. And then I mean, that, that offense has to feed back Hollins, guys. Yeah, it has to. It has to. It has to. Okay. We have to talk about this for a second. Before we started recording, as we started recording, before we started the show, let me say, Rocky and I were talking about trades in TA6. And I sent him, hold on, I, I clicked away because I wanted to look up Waller stats. I sent him Elijah Moore and a 23 second 
for Terry McLaurin and Jeff Wilson. He sends me a message in the private chat that he countered. Did you really just add a fourth? Yes, why not? Like that's... I'm rebuilding. I need all the picks I can get. I kind of want to reject this on principle. (laughs) (laughs) I think you should. You added a fourth. Like that's... You know, why are you why are you wasting and, people's and you're time? You're laughing about it, so accept it then. It's a fun. I mean, I am. I'm hitting accept right now, but it's just like, what? Why, if I can get a fourth, why not take a free fourth? Uh, you, there you go. You got it. <laughs> I'm rebuilding. Let me let me. I can get my Daniel Bellinger in the fourth round next year. There, there and, yeah, the, the four twelve because I'm going to beat J Mike in the championship. <laughs> So we we made an on air trade. Yeah, I did. We made an on air trade with your. That just happened. I was here for that. Audacious, <laughs> the audacity that you threw at me, Ugh, adding a fourth to freaking trade. All right, uh, let's move on. And oh, so if I added a game. third, would you have accepted? What? If I added a third, would you have accepted? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I should. Depends whose it is. I don't remember anymore uh, who I have. So this was fun. Um, we we only have like three or four trades this afternoon. So I went into all the TA chats and I said, trade, please, trade, please, trade, please. And Justin from our B team goes, who wants to, who wants Cordell Patterson? And in TA four, I'm towards the end of a rebuild, I guess. I think Mac Jones is my quarterback, which kind of screwed me over a little bit. I've Mac Jones and, and, and Justin Fields. That doesn't feel great right now, but like. I, my- I have Flacco and Trubisky for you. You might have to talk about that. Um, <laughs> no, we don't. Um, because my team was like, like, I have really good young, like I have Garrett Wilson, Olave, Jerry Judy, like a couple of these guys that have these spike weeks. So I won a game and my, my points total isn't terrible. So I'm like, you know what? I have someone second who's a good team. Let me throw it at him because he's rebuilding. So I figured he would just take it. And he did. So I sent a mid right now, 23 second for Cordell Patterson. Which to me seems what you're supposed to do to get Corderell Patterson because he's randomly going to put up 20-something points, and that's fine. You, you love you some Corderell Patterson, by the way. The last two weeks, you've been all it's over the TAs. It's trade that can work out. in your. And, okay, two weeks ago he put up like four points, but that mm-hmm. that's rare for what has two, happened. Two 20-point games sandwiched. Well, they, they tried they tried the Damian games. Williams experience. They yeah, tried it did not that. work out. And then yeah. – like less than 10 minutes later, I get in my inbox, Corderell Patterson and Donovan Peoples-Jones for Michael Gallup. And I'm just like, okay, I didn't even really want Patterson. So I guess I might as well do this. Like we, you know, we've always told ourselves once Gallup is there, he's going to do fine. So like, I might as well have a Gallup share. Right. So yeah. yeah, a 23 second or Michael Gallup, I guess is what this trade comes down to. How do you guys feel about Michael Gallup? I mean, he's got to be a part of that offense, right? It, it's it's C.D. Lamb and then, I mean, Noah Brown. I mean, Noah Brown doesn't look bad. He doesn't. He doesn't look great either, though. <laughs> like, you know, with all due respect, he's, 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 he's a guy, you know? He's, he's oh, a yeah. nice guy, you know? And I, I just think I, he, he probably will still be a part of the offense. But I think if your second best wide receiver is Noah Brown, you're not a good football team. Hey, Jalen Tolbert caught a ball this week. So did Jalen Ferguson, right? Or is it Jalen and, Ferguson? And or is it Jake Ferguson. Jake Ferguson. There we go. Thank you. Oh, listen, Michael Gallup is by far and away the wide receiver two on that team. Yes. Um, as long as you're expecting Dak Prescott to return to Dak Prescott that he was last year 
and not the Dak Prescott he was in week one. Which, that. Give me Cooper Rush the rest of the season with Michael Gallup. Let's go. Well, look, look, I mean, everybody's looked bad against the Buccaneers. Okay. Yes. Everybody's looked bad against the Buccaneers. So yep. I'd like to see uh, Dak Prescott with, with CeeDee Lamb and, and with Michael Gallup and see what that offense looks like. Yeah, I, I would easily want Michael Gallup over Patterson, uh, competing or not competing. He's just – he's not young anymore, but he's certainly not old. He's I think he's 26. So you, you got – yeah, so you got plenty of years. I mean, he's not ever going to be a wide receiver one or anything, but he's a solid wide receiver two in the NFL and can be a wide receiver two in fantasy. So uh, – and you could have that for the next, you know, three to four years. Dak is likely there that entire time. So – I, and I don't really care much about the DPJ part of it, so didn't even think about it. <laughs> well, and the thing about Michael Gallup too is they just paid him sixty-two million dollars, right? So they're they're going to use him. They're going to use him. Like they have to. So and like he you said, he's be clearly better than when healthy, better than anyone else on that team besides Lamb. Mm-hmm. Next trade: TA six a twenty-three and twenty-four second for Clyde Edwards Elair. See, complete by accident. Um, <laughs> Like, I, as I'm saying the name, I'm like, crap, I'm about to do this. I'm, I, all right. No, it happened. Uh, I have paid many a one second for CEH in the past few months. Two seconds for CEH? I don't think I, I don't think I would pay for that. I don't think I would pay that. Like, you know, CEH is interesting. It's, it's, it's tough to tell here because the dude's 23 years old. He's a first-round pick. But you look at the snap percentage share. It's not good. Like he, he he has not played or he has not been a part of more than forty four percent of the snaps on offense. I don't want to pay two second round picks for that. But he's just not a focal part of the offense. He's got seven carries, eight carries, seven carries, three targets, four targets, five. I don't want any part of that. Like I don't want. I wouldn't at this point. I would balk at even giving a a second round pick, like one second round pick, much less two. I he makes a good point there because the, the, the usage is concerning, but I think I would do it. I still think he's better. I know that they've been using McKinnon, but I still think he's better than McKinnon. Yeah, baby. <laughs> and and Pacheco hasn't played all that much other than I believe the uh, the, the first uh, the first game when they when they were blowing the other team out, and he got a lot of run in the second half, but it is a mix kind of between at least uh, two of those guys every week and sometimes three, but CH is uh, again, it could be fluky. It's going to regress, he, but he is producing. He is in one of the best offenses in the league. I, I, I don't think I'd give him up for less than one sec for, for only one second. If I, if I roster CH. so the second seconds in 24, you're not even giving up two twenty three seconds. I, I think I would pay it if I'm contending. I mean, Okay, so yes, the the percentages and all of that feels icky. And the fact that he had seven rushes for zero yards, but he scored a touchdown somehow. At the other games, I think he's been pretty good in terms of his what he's done per rush. Seven for he's, 42 and eight for 74. He's, produced, he's producing. He's absolutely there, but also three targets, four targets, five targets. He, that, he is I mean, producing. that's what he wanted out of CEH anyway. Look, he he's producing with his limited usage. The the problem is, and this is this just depends on how much you take snap percentage into your evaluation, is that Jarek McKinnon is on the field more than him. Like that's a problem for me. I have loved Jarek McKinnon 
for a very long time. I can't even tell you how many years at this point. Matt Asiata years. That's how long. <laughs> the purple sloth getting in the way of Jet McKinnon. That's how long. That dude's not going to stay healthy the entire season. Well, I, I, I get it, but at what point do they, do they then say, okay, Jared McKinnon's not healthy. We've got this other guy, Pacheco, who that's, in limited- that's absolutely fine. Like, CEH shouldn't be a workhorse back. That that's but not he's not he's he he's he he's not getting more than forty four percent of the of the snap percentage. Yeah, but he that's will. not he's not on the field for for more than one out of every two plays. To me, that is a problem for paying two second round picks. Is that for the season? Yes, the most he's played in a game thus far this season in three games is forty four percent of the snaps. Jarek McKinnon has thirty nine forty seven and fifty two percent of the snaps. That's a problem for me. Listen, they're, nerd. They're, they're we don't care me. about that stuff. We don't care about the numbers on this the is show. Imp- look, this is information you can use, though. No, absolutely. Two, no, yeah. Two seconds I'm, is a lot. Yeah, I still think as long as – I think I agree with what Rocky said. As long as one of them is next year, I'd be willing to do it. Yeah, if it was 223 seconds, I'd be a lot more reluctant. But, yeah. yeah. In Trade Addicts 8, this was an interesting one. Kane comes into the chat and says, someone give me a first for Kenneth Walker. And not too long afterwards, I was surprised to see the email pop up. I'm like, hmm? And even more surprised by Kenneth Walker and DK Metcalf for Najee Harris in a 24 first. I still don't know what to think of this trade. I know. <laughs> I have concerns about everybody in that trade. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think first, which means you take the first, right? I, yeah, I think so. I think so. I think I, so, I, yeah. I know it's two years away. And, and and here's what I'm thinking in this trade, right? I'm not even thinking that I'm acquiring Najee Harris. I'm thinking, what can I flip Najee Harris for? Yeah. Because I can flip Najee Harris for more than what I can flip Kenneth Walker for. Yes. I moved Najee pri- just prior to week one for two twenty-three first. One there of them, go. like there four to six probably, and – I, I feel great about that. I, I, that's an instant <laughs> smash. I, I had even, a pretty easy team there, and I just couldn't turn down the value. I, mean, I don't even. I don't even give that owner a second to withdraw that trade. Smash right away. Like, <laughs> don't even think about it. Um, that's what I'm thinking in that trade. I, I take the Najee and and the first. I'm not a. I, I, I Seattle's another team. I just don't want any part of. I don't trust them. I don't trust them. Even if they drafted a quarterback to like try to pass the ball enough, I don't trust whatever running back is there to be an RB one because they love to have two, three, four guys involved. So I'm just not a Seattle Seahawks fantasy fan. DK finally had more than 10 yards per reception. (laughs) But I mean, like, here's my thing. Like I'm playing in number games and liking DK Metcalf, seven targets, six targets, 12 targets. They aren't great targets. I don't have to watch the games to tell you that it's Geno Smith and a very bad offense, but every once in a while, He's going to take one of those for a touchdown, which he did, and he'll put up 17 points. Like To me, you play in PPR, you go for a guy who's going to catch seven, four, or five catches a game. Hopefully, he takes one of them for more than six yards. But, like, so, I'm... And he still has the ability to be DK Metcalf next year. Crossing my freaking fingers, they don't do what I said before and do something stupid and go get Derek Carr or Baker when the Panthers get Derek Carr. You know, something dumb like that. But, like, I I still believe in DK Metcalf, the player. And if I'm not scoring 
I mean, I've done it. I've gone and gotten DK Metcalf on a team where I'm rebuilding because I believe that if anything else, his value will rebound a bit the second they do something better at quarterback. That, that to me, is the best point you made. Like, If they draft a rookie, I do think his value will go up because people will perceive it as being good. But I've said this, I think, a couple weeks ago when we were talking about DK for one reason or another. And because I'm still worried about him. About him. <laughs> it was probably I'm, the trade I got him in. I'm still worried about him in 23 because because you you know even if that rookie that they if they draft a rookie is good, he might not be good in 2020. Like, even if he turns out to be a good quarterback, he might not be that good in 2023. Yeah, rookie QBs don't and, usually and they usually yeah exactly that's what I said then. So I. I think we're looking at two years of this where we're going to see seven for 37 and whatever else he's done. Prior this is, to this, this is very important. This is very important. Frank is in our chat right now. What's up guys. Been a while uh, since I tuned in live. You giving Kamara for a 23 first right now. Hit. Yes. Accept that. Get a 23 first for Alvin Kamara right now. I yes. had to stop Rocky talking. <laughs> yes. Do it. Now you will Agreed. not regret it. All right. You can go back to talking now. I have no idea what I was saying anymore. Yeah, me neither. That was really good. Really <laughs> well, no, no, I have to stop him. The only thing I want to say about DK Metcalf is he seems like a phenomenal player. I wish he was on another team. Like they, 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 they don't have that situation. Even when they had Russell, uh, Russell Wilson there, where they want to throw the ball primarily, and then Tyler Lockett is still a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, Tyler Lockett has been the better fantasy receiver through three weeks. And he's been Geno's favorite target through three weeks. He has 11, 11, and four. So uh, what are we talking about? 26 targets through three games. I think that's All right, he got walloped this game, Lockett. Like, and, 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 yeah, and, and Lockett, I like D- DK the player. I just, like like you said, I worry about DK the situation for the next two years. Yeah, yeah. agreed. I get it. All right, let's move on to TA9 where I just put this in here just because it's, it's just fun how things change, and especially when we uh, Keyshawn Vaughn a guy. Malik Willis got traded for James Cook and a third. Like, James Cook, who was getting pushed up into that first round, who should not have been pushed up into the first round, is now needing to be added to to get to Malik Willis, who was like a 204-ish. Yeah, just putting it in there. Uh, that's a tough – I mean, I, I don't know what to make with these these – rookies you know but besides the obvious ones like the, the what the top five wide receivers you know Dotson, olave burks uh all the wide all the wide receivers look look pretty solid but other than that like i don't know what to do with anybody like, what do you I, do with trey mcbride right I, now i, I like, said him. you should not have expected anything out of trey mcbride this year Ertz is still there Ertz is still good well trey I, mcbride after i would say a month of rookie drafts was going you know second round yeah second round and i was so, taking him in the second round yeah so I, uh, I don't know what to do with these rookies. Like, uh, I have waiting. no idea, you know? Oh, I and I'm getting – I'm going after Malik Willis. That dude looks like real real deal. Like, he looks like what we – he looks like what he thought we were – he was. <laughs> were, is. Man, was. that English did not come out right. But, like, he, like the reason us Dynasty people were pushing him up to the one-on-one super flex, like, he looks like that. And this offense isn't great. He does need some work on his passing, but – He's a giant dude who can run really well and has a cannon. That's what we want in fantasy. Yeah, and you can yeah. see kind of how the offense is going to look in two years, right? I think it's going to be centered around Traylon Burks. I think Kyle Phillips will be a part of that offense as well. They also got this tight end out of Maryland. I don't know how to say his name, Okonkwo or whatever his name is. 
So, you know, you you, you kind of have a blueprint of the offense. It really depends on can Mike Vrabel survive whatever's going to happen to Tennessee this year? Because I don't think they're going to be very good. So d- does Tennessee want Mike Vrabel to be the guy coaching Malik Willis as he matures into the player he can be? So uh, I don't know, man. Like, here's the thing, right? Let's say Tennessee, just hypothetically, Derrick Henry gets hurt. And Tennessee's 5-12. and 12. Are they not drafting a quarterback in the top 10 next year? No, just because they, they didn't really – I mean, assuming they give Willis his shot, probably not because the rest but, of their team is so bad that. Okay, but what would stop them if all they were missing was a quarterback? But they're you not. Think, you they're think... not only missing a quarterback if they're doing that poorly. But you can't say that because Malik Willis is a third round pick. No, nobody believes in Malik Willis. Like, did you I, believe I think... in Jack Prescott? Did you believe in Russell Wilson? No, but <laughs> I, I, I believed in uh, John Beck and Chad Henney. And every other third round pick that failed, like Dude, Chad Henney started for a while in a couple of teams, and he was awful. Yeah, he, I didn't. Yes. I, I did not <laughs> talk about how he started. Like you're giving All me I the exceptions to the started. rule, man. Third round picks don't typically end up starting quarterbacks. I know, but I love screaming Russell Wilson and Jack Prescott because <laughs> yeah, don't forget Nick Foles won a Super Bowl. Yo, like how about Pat White, man? <laughs> how about Pat White? <laughs> By the way, I just wanted to say on the other side, James Cook, I've been saying all offseason, way overrated. Oh, yeah. Every Twitter and podcaster out there is pumping him up and taking him at the 106, and I'm like... Gross. Yeah, he's not that good of a running back. No watch. He'll probably prove me wrong the rest of the year, but... That was a lot of people falling in love with the situation. Yep. Yeah. There's always that running back that'll push the And he's supposed to be this great pass catching back. I mean, he hasn't gotten on the field a ton, but he had one target before this week. It's the same thing with Sky Moore. It's the same thing with Christian Watson. They're falling in love with the situation. I did like I I loved Sky Moore like the 203, and then Kansas City drafted him. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, in in my home league, Sky Moore went ahead of Chris Olave. Oh, that's wrong. That should not have happened. Olave's just so good. But you know what time it is? I know what time it is. Sleeper, trade of the week. Sleeper, trade of the week. We're going to talk about a trade addict's trade, and it's sponsored by the Sleeper app. <laughs> and I unchecked the loop buttons. It's not going to start again. Okay. I wouldn't mind if it did. I like real big fish, so. Oh, yeah. like You will never feel as cool as... A 13-year-old Russ playing that on the trombone. <laughs> like, I'm just telling you, you, you will never feel that cool. Can so, you see Crane... a 30-year-old Russ playing it on the trombone? Oh, I wish. Oh, man, like, I just signed <laughs> my son up for a band, and he chose to play the trombone because he knew I used to play it. The geek in my heart exploded. <laughs> like, I'm just like, yeah, you awesome. just like, oh, man, I haven't played in, like, 20 years. I don't remember how to do that. Ooh. I can't help him. But it still just made me happy. Um, okay, so Trade Addicts 10, and I completely selfishly made this the trade of the week because I got sick on Barkley. Okay. And and it's really funny because uh, on the DLF trade show uh, on the DLF YouTube, it's Addison and I, and at the end of the show, we usually do a segment called in Russ's inbox where we'll talk about a trade offer I have and whether I should accept it or not. And we talked about this one and I, I had no idea what to do with it. And in the end, it just turned it into yeah, I want Saquon on my team. So the trade was J.K. Dobbins, Traylon Burks, and a 23-fourth for Saquon Barkley. And this was like, bef- this was before Sunday's game. So 
I didn't even know that Dobbins was going to be healthy and going to be playing. So in my head, I'm just like, all right, well, Dobbins could come back and I love Dobbins. So he can do really well or his value can just spike when he gets healthy. So what the hell do I do this? I like Burks. Am I giving up on Burks too easily? Like what's the value to, why am I talking so much? Why am I just go get Saquon Barkley. And, <laughs> and that's pretty much how it went. And I went and got Saquon Barkley and three and no baby. <laughs> Only three and no team, I think. It's lonely at the top. <laughs> I am. Um, I'm gonna say I disagree with you, Russ. <laughs> and I get it because I really like both the players on the other side. But I'm competing, and mm-hmm. I love Dobbins. But we have to take situation into account a little bit. Like if Dobbins doesn't score double digit touchdowns, he's not going to be a top ten running back. Like he's not going to get the receptions. He might not get the workload we want him to because they like running multiple people, but if he's good enough, maybe, I don't know. Like that happening in my head doesn't happen when I think about Saquon Barkley. So I'm just, and I get, I have a lot of uh, Burks shares and that's honestly came into play in my head. I'm like, okay, Burks can become what Burks, you know, I want him to be and I won't be missing out on it. But if I win this year, it's totally worth it anyway. So uh, the thing for me is, and, and and I would say that J.K. Dobbins is probably my most owned player. And again, this goes back to my, my origins in Dynasty is most of my leagues are orphan leagues. Mm-hmm. When you're picking up orphan leagues, they're typically bad teams. So what I did last year was uh, in, in my tank mode, offer something for J.K. Dobbins mm-hmm. and soak up the value on him in the future. Um mm-hmm. I I believe that eventually Baltimore is going to want to get back to running the ball. Uh, first of all, they're seeing what Lamar Jackson is doing, and it is driving up the price tag every single day on that man's future contract. Such a good so, idea not to sign anything before the season, right? Yeah. So I think at some point, like somebody's going to say, hey, um, we need to run a little bit more. And if you look right now, I think they're 18th in the NFL in rushing attempts, which is completely un-Baltimore-like. And that's with Lamar Jackson running the ball a whole bunch because they are not giving the ball to Kenyon Drake anymore. I remember when Mike Davis was a thing and I laughed at everybody's face. That's over. Like, they're going to want to get J.K. Dobbins involved. It's a game of patience, unfortunately. And you'd have to wait for week 10 to 11, potentially, to get that return on JK. So I understand why you did what you did. If you're 3-0 and you're in the driver's seat for a playoff spot, then I can't say it's the wrong move. I will say I prefer the other side of the trade because I like J.K. Dobbins. I like the opportunity. I believe eventually they are going to get back to the 2020 Baltimore Ravens, who were number one in the league in rushing attempts per game. And um, and I think you know Gus Edwards is going to be a part of that too. But I, I'm just a believer in J.K. Dobbins. I, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'll die on that sword. But this is a situation where if it works for you, Russ, it works for you. Like, And there's nothing that can take away from that because Saquon Barkley, as long as he's healthy, absolutely puts you in the driver's seat for A, a playoff spot, and B, a championship. I, I kind of agree with both of you. Like, I think the value is on the Dobbins-Burks side, but... Mm-hmm. I love me some Saquon Barkley. I love me some Saquon Barkley. <laughs> and I, I do worry about, especially for this year, Dobbins. We see a lot of times guys with major uh, injuries uh, like, like he had. 
not perform this well that first year back. So, mm-hmm. and, and he didn't even start week one. A lot of those guys start week one and don't perform that well this first year back. So, uh, again, and then we're again, if he has a let's say a mediocre ish season because of the injury, and you're talking about a guy that's going into his fourth season that hasn't really produced big time numbers yet. So, I, I'd rather take, I'd rather just get myself some Saquon, try and win this year. And, but I agree that the value is on the other side because a lot of people do love Dobbins, like like Zach does, and I do. I like Dobbins, but I just think production wise, it's going to be a struggle this year. All right, well, that is our sleeper trade of the week. Dang, brought to you by Sleeper. I dropped the ball on that one fast. And that was your trade of the week, brought to you by Sleeper Fantasy, the fastest growing fantasy football platform in the world. Join a new dynasty league or migrate yours to their platform and enjoy how easy they make it to manage all of your leagues in one place. Join millions of players today on Sleeper, the number one fantasy football platform. Download the app today to get started. The last trade, no, we have two trades because that's what's listed on the sheet and I can count. The first one we have is Carson Wentz and Terry McLaurin for Trey Lance, Greg Dulcich, Dulcich, Dulcich. I don't know how to say his name. And a 23 third. So Carson Wentz and Terry McLaurin for Trey Lance. This trade just hurts my head. But I love getting Carson Wentz and Terry McLaurin for Trey Lance right now. Because it hurts. Like, like how how do you look hate- at those? There's nothing sexy about any of those. They're all problems. They're all, they all have major <laughs> issues. Like there oh. are no issues with Scary Terry. There are because he's third right now in terms of like the focal point of that offense. But he's, he's still- not like like Curtis Samuel is is by far and away. And I know it sounds. I'll, I'll give you Samuel. He, I, it, who Dawson is going to but Dawson's going to take away from Terry. Is what my point is. He's not second on the pecking order. That's He's that's fine. I, I, I may have. I may have, like. I think that that corrected itself in week three, and I may have forgotten that. But in weeks one and week two, he was taking away from Scary Terry. The the only thing that works in McLaurin's favor is that that defense sucks, and yeah, so does, does. Car- and so does Carson Wentz. So they're going to be down every half, twenty five nothing. Just like they were last week and just like they were the week before. That's the only thing that works in Terry McLaurin's favor because eventually Brian Robinson's coming back. I think Antonio Gibson is going to be involved in the passing game and Josh Dotson. Yeah. No, and- no, he's not. No, no. We're, we are not getting back into that. Okay. <laughs> we, we have wanted it for what, three years now? And it just, it's not going to happen. Okay. I, I, I think that when Brian Robinson is healthy, they will use Antonio Gibson more Dude, in the passing game. Hope is a dangerous thing, and you're giving it to the people. And I think it's just oh no crazy. no. If you trade for Antonio Gibson, you're an idiot. Like <laughs> <laughs> too far. And, 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 as a matter too of fa- far. <laughs> as a matter of fact, on Dynasty Rewind in April, I said move off of Antonio Gibson because in their pre-draft visits. They brought in five running backs. You get 30 pre-draft visits as a team, and they use 20% of that on running backs. That was telling you something. So if you're if you're trading for Antonio Gibson at this point, it's flat out you're just you're just I'm looking at the camera, like you're an idiot if you're trading for Antonio Gibson at this point. I do not say I do not back this man's mean things. I've been saying he's been mean from the beginning of the show, and I stick with that right now. I mean, I mean, talk about it, Rocky. Yeah, I did this. I, I'm trying to compete in TA10. 
I was into Lance coming into this season very much. So I, I, I kept making the argument, you know, Jalen Hurts was not that great last year as a passer. So I don't even care if Trey Lance is as good as good as a passer. He's going to score points. But I, I'm terrified of Trey Lance in 2023. Uh, the guy will have played like five games over the last three years. Uh, who knows what happens with Jimmy this year? If they they make the playoffs, I mean, I I assume he's still leaving, but it's it's going to be get even more interesting than last year. And I just don't have faith in Trey Lance to be good next year. And and we're talking about and I said I think I said this when we talked about the injury uh, last week. I think it was last week, right? Uh, this is a guy who's fantasy potential is largely based off his legs coming off a major ankle injury. Uh, we actually saw that kind of slow down Dak after, not that he was the runner Lance is, but he, he would run some and he would score some rushing touchdowns. And he's ever since he came back from his ankle injury, it's been, he, that hasn't really been a, much of a part of his game at all. So I kind of wanted out on Lance. I, I wasn't sure if this was enough. Uh, he, I think he offered Wentz and something else, and I've made it McLaren. He wanted Dulcich, and the, that's kind of I mean, how we ended up there. I was like, okay, whatever. I, I wanted to get out. I Carson Wentz is a sneaky good fantasy option as long as they let him keep playing. Uh, he, he's generally been a low-end one, high-end two uh, when he's played. So... I think it keeps me in contention. It gets me an extra piece in Terry McLaurin that I can start. I realize this might not be great beyond 2022, uh, especially the once part, but I don't really care because I'm not sure Lance will be great beyond 2022. But when you eventually decide that your team is not going to beat mine and you want to give me Saquon, you let me know. (laughs) Uh, Okay. I'll, I'll let you know when that happens, which will be never. This is a trade to me. Like I look at it. And I don't want to be involved in this at all, but I understand why both sides are making that move. <laughs> yeah. The other guy is, is heavily rebuilding too. So it made a yeah. ton of sense for him. And uh, my quarterback, I can't, I know Matt Ryan is one of the quarterbacks and I, I think the other one's not that good either, but um, <laughs> that was part of it too, that I definitely wanted to replace Lance with a quarterback. I could start now because uh, what I had beyond him wasn't that like, that great. And our last trade on the sheet is TA10, the aforementioned Curtis Samuel for a 24 second. So this was sent to me. Ooh, man. And Curtis Samuel's doing well. There's a good chance I'm probably not starting Curtis Samuel. But in my head, I'm doing really well in TA10. And he probably sent this to everyone. A 24 second is worth me playing keep away a little bit in case Curtis Samuel's for real. That's literally why I took this trade. I and if he is real, I didn't accept it. I didn't reject it either. Six but... weeks in and he's still double digit targets and doing things with them. He'll find his way into my starting lineup. But for now, it seemed well enough that I don't care about a next year's second for me just to make me feel better about my standing in the league. Curtis Samuel is so interesting because everybody forgot about him. Yep. And and rightly so. Like he was injured last year. He was annoying because he was healthy, but he wasn't healthy and they weren't playing him and he was inactive, but he wasn't on the IR. So annoying. But like nobody remembers Curtis Samuel, the college player. Do you know do you know where Curtis Samuel went to college? Ohio State. Ohio State. Ohio State wide receivers are really good. 
Do you remember his senior season? Or not his senior season, but his last season at Ohio State? I do. He had, he had 800 rushing yards. He had 860 passing yards, receiving yards, I should say, and 15 total touchdowns. Yeah, because people thought he was going to, weren't sure if he was going to come in as a running back or not. So it's not like we haven't seen this before. He's just not been able to stay healthy. So who does this? And he was sound on the Panthers like? for a while. Let's not who forget. Does this <laughs> well, he, the same. He, he's, he's been with Ron Rivera his entire career. Who does that sound like? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, Another Samuel. Debo, Debo Samuel. <laughs> the, the only problem with Debo Samuel for for two seasons was uh, this guy can't stay healthy. And guess what he did last year. Is finally healthy. He's a top five wide receiver, or eh, I mean, not top, top ten wide receiver in fantasy football. So I'm not saying that Curtis Samuel is a top ten wide receiver, but I'm saying that the ceiling is there. Like he's 26 years old. He's been very involved. And look at the situation too. That team's going to suck. They're going to be down in every single game. Like I said, 25 nothing at halftime. They're going to have to throw. And who's their most dynamic weapon in terms of not just catching the ball because that's probably Terry McLaurin, but in terms of just Give this guy the ball in space. It's, it, Logan it, it's, Thomas, of course. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and he's got 30 targets. That's good. I'm sure wow. he's got some rushing attempts, too. He's got eight rushing attempts. Through there three you games. go. Yeah. That's 38 yeah. opportunities in three games. Yeah. Okay, it is time for some listener questions. And, hey, guys, remember that time before we started the show and Zach said, how long do you guys usually aim for? <laughs> and I said, we don't really go under an hour but sometimes we get carried away and go for like an hour 40, but this doesn't feel like that kind of show sheet. Yeah. We're at about an hour 20 and we're about to get to the listener questions. Before we move on, we wanted to take a second to talk about no house advantage. No house advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available. Play in pick'em contest for a shot at winning $250,000 or more in cash. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks and climb the leaderboard for your shot to win Big money every day. Bet on up to five player props, over-unders, or individual matchups across every major sport, including NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up now with promo code DLF at nohouseadvantage.com or download the app to get an initial deposit match up to $25. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined. Because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. First, my hero, my friend, my brother, at Brian Har FF. Should we be surprised at Saquon Barkley's return to prominence? Is health all it took? No and yes, respectively, are the answers. And he is correct. Yep. I mean, Rocky and I have not been quiet about our Saquon Barkley love as you know, me getting sad that he got him in TA-10 and me telling him that he should give him to me because his team sucks. Like, that I, literally I, just happened. You know, that that's how we feel about Saquon. And I so. traded him, to I think, in a couple TA leagues to you. This is a non-point scoring season, and I, I'm regretting it. You should. <laughs> that was a terrible move for you, but I loved it. Uh, Zach, what are your feelings on Saquon and how the season's going so far? I think the thing that works the most for Saquon is the system, right? Like Brian Dayball. Um brings his system over and, and, and as you've been seeing very much so like they don't care, you know, if they paid you a whole bunch of money, like they did Kenny Galladay, like they're going to put the best players on the field and Saquon's been out there and he's been producing, man. He looks so good. I've, I've had a couple knee surgeries. I'm not, I'm not an athlete like these guys are, but I, I always get worried when 
this it, it's very much like we we talked about Trey Lance. Like he needs that ankle to be fantasy relevant. Well, obviously Saquon needs the knee. So I, I, I get a little bit worried, but like you, you can't live in this bubble where you're scared in fantasy, right? Like you got to take chances. You got to take risks every now and then. And Saquon Barkley is very well worth the risk. So I, I don't want to say that health was the only thing. Like the system was a problem too. You know, uh, who was who's there before uh, Dayball? What was the guy's name? It's It shouldn't be mentioned. Yeah, so there you go. Joe Judge. There, there you go. There you go. He's he's trying to call plays for New England now. How's that been working out, right? <laughs> yeah, um, and the thing I love about whenever Brian does a- ask us questions, he always answers the stupid question. Yes, he does. <laughs> Um, I said, what are, what are some fun things you spend money on? What is your favorite milkshake flavor? And what's your favorite ice cream flavor? He says, I spend a lot of money on experiences, family, sports, etc." which is like the right answer, but I was hoping for something sillier than that. His favorite is a chocolate milkshake made with vanilla ice cream and chocolate syrup. I did not expect that because I don't like chocolate ice cream. I don't really like, like chocolate in general, but if I'm drinking a chocolate shake, that's the one I want because chocolate syrup is just so artificial tasting it's delicious <laughs> like it's it's a lot of added fake sugar as opposed to like the natural sweetness well no chocolate isn't natural like the natural taste of milk chocolate like no no give me just chocolate syrup everywhere and then his favorite ice cream is chocolate vanilla swirl and that sounds like such a hard thing to say i love me some chocolate vanilla swirl though <sighs> like my kids get it a lot I mean, that's again, <laughs> I, I have my, my, like, I, I don't feel like I need like Ben and Jerry's. Like I don't need the crazy stuff. My favorite ice cream is Haagen-Dazs coffee ice cream. I, like, I, I, I'm going to be honest I with you. I, quarts of it. I like, cannot remember the last time I had a milkshake. <laughs> dude. Oh yeah. Lumberjacks. Right. No. Yeah. yeah. Fat a-holes over here. You know, that's like what we do. I, I love. Like, I, actually, I, I had a frosty from Wendy's, ooh, I love and then we got ice cream. You know, you know what I will say. I like. Wait, uh, do you get the vanilla frosty? Strawberry. Uh, I'm a chocolate I like, guy. I like a good um, frappe from McDonald's. Yeah. Every once in a while, works. I'm jonesing for like a coffee mixed with something icy. I'll also swing by McDonald's and get a frappe. Or you go like to anything. a fancy Italian place and you get affogato. No idea what that is. Yeah. <laughs> it's espresso poured over really good vanilla gelato. Listen, I'm in South Florida, man. Like, <laughs> I want nothing coffee related. So, we have Cuban it. coffee down here, man. <laughs> All right, I, and I love Noob Engineer. Always gives us good questions. Where it's like, man, I probably should have read this beforehand and thought about it. And I'm not going. <laughs> I didn't do it before, and I'm not going to start now. Clearly. <laughs> Uh, we seem to be in the golden age of young wide receivers, and the list of potential wide receiver twos are growing every year, it seems. See, I told you this. Is this challenging your process at all? Are we still building around wide receivers, presumably, but does this make grabbing that elite tight end and quarterback that much more important in startups? What about in trades? Should we maybe consider trading high on potential stud wide receivers more? Trading Lamb and DJ Moore at their peak seems to have been advantageous in hindsight. Seems wide receiver rooms are flooded too. Higgins gets Chase, Waddle Hill, AJ Brown, Smith. Just a thought exercise. Like, it's a good question. That's a really it good is. question. And I should have taken like a half hour to sit and think about the answer. 
I looking at it, I think I wanted to mention, I think key to part of this question is trading high on potential stud wide receivers more like, cause then he mentions DJ Moore and CD lamb who are potential stud wide receivers and have been for four or five years. in, in Moore's case, uh, I think maybe the answer is yes, because when I read this, when I was reading the beginning of it, to me, I was thinking, am I necessarily grabbing elite QBs? I, you know, I'm not necessarily. Uh, I, I will do it occasionally to switch things up. I, I'm generally an elite tight end guy. But to me, it just makes what he said at the beginning about the list of potential wide receiver twos are growing every day. That makes me want to grab the elite wide receivers more, the yeah. guys I'm sure are very good, even if they're older. So, like, even like a cup. Um, who I took in a startup earlier this year. It's obviously Jefferson and Chase. So it just kind of makes me value those guys more. Then I'm probably, you know, like I said, I always value – the problem is we don't really have many elite tight ends now that Travis Kelsey is getting old and, yeah. and Kittle's always hurt, and I'm not sure what to do with Darren Waller. Uh, so I, I, I don't mind grabbing running backs still. I, I don't grab them in the first round, but – uh, if I can get a Swift, if I can get Javante, the young guys, you know, next year it'll be Bijan. Uh, I'll be, uh, I'll still be doing that too. So I agree, though, as we get into the kind of further depths of the wide receiver pool, even if when you're talking the mid to low end two range, it's just like, okay, these are all the same guy for like the next twenty wide receivers. Well, the, the problem for me here is that the knowledge we had prior to the season, I don't think applies anymore. You know, when I was looking at startup drafts before the season, I'm saying to myself, why would I get a Mark Andrews or a Travis Kelsey in the first two rounds? I can get a Cole Komet in the 10th round. I can get a David Njoku later. And, and Njoku had two points through three weeks. Right. And that's my point. <laughs> is like the, the elite tight end gives you an advantage every week. Yep. And the running backs, like look at the running backs draft in the first round in a startup draft a few weeks ago. Austin Eckler, Dalvin Cook, uh, Derek Henry, Alvin Kamara. Jonathan Taylor's not having a great season. I think he's like RB8 thus far on the season. Like, like we talked about earlier, Cordero Patterson is top five running back right now. So to me, if I could redo startup drafts a few weeks ago, I'd be getting – and I'll put Kyle Pitts in this conversation too. I'd be getting Kyle Pitts, Mark Andrews, and Travis Kelsey as much as I could. And I think you can find wide receivers in a lot of interesting spots, whether we're talking startup drafts or trades. You know, I think if you can if, if you can find find somebody who's desperate uh, on, on in terms of rookies, like I capitalized on Amon Ross St. Brown last year, trading two fourth round picks for him in a league before he blew up. Like find a a, a an owner who's desperate to get out of their situation with a, a rookie wide receiver. It might be hard this year because the rookie wide receivers are really good, <laughs> you know. But uh, you know, if we're talking about startup draft strategy, man, the elite tight end thing it, it that's real. Yeah. That's real because the guys like like Hawkinson, Schultz, Njoku, Irv Smith, the uh, Higby, like none of them are working out. None of them are working out. Yeah. And if, you, if you're playing against an Andrews or a Kelsey, you're at a, a 10, 15-point disadvantage already that week. And I've been doing that for years. I've almost always been an elite tight end guy. Unfortunately, for one year there, I kind of almost included Hawkinson in the elite tight end. Yeah, we <laughs> Even though we hadn't done it that, yet. Yeah. Uh, last year, me and Russ were big time in the Hawk. He was tight in um, five a couple years ago. Yeah, exactly. Before, before Amon and before that's what and, and that I was thought last, last year with no. That was Stafford's no, last year there. Yeah, Stafford's last year. He was tight in five. Last year with no one else, you know, it's just him and Swift. What we thought, 
that it was he was going to have that breakout year and it didn't really happen. But but yeah, I've been kind of going for the Kittles and the and the Kelseys and the the Andrews and the all those guys and now Pitts. You know, if I can get him, but he goes in the he goes so early, it's hard to get him. So. Uh, but yeah, I, it's always been kind of a part of my strategy. To me, that is one of the biggest advantages of fantasy football. If you have an elite tight end, it's just such an advantage over the majority of your league. To me, that's why. To me, it's worth more doing that to me than doing the elite quarterback thing because elite. Not there's not a lot of elite quarterbacks, but there's a lot of quarterbacks that score a bunch of points. There's not a bunch of tight ends that score a bunch of points. Yeah. See, here's my thing. It is you can find very good production and I'm talking high end production top 10 at their position at quarterback running back and tight end can more consistently for cheaper than you can wide receivers. Now I'm not talking the top end. I'm not talking Justin Jefferson, Jamar chase, Jonathan Taylor, Kyle Pitts, any of like, you know, any of that, but Derek Carr was a top 20 quarterback pretty easily when last year you could have gotten him for a second. I mean, yeah, call Mac Jones bad all you want. He's 50 points, you know, through the first three games. And that is more than, well, of course he's going to miss a couple of games now, but like, would you be, would you be sad with 12, 16 and 22 points as your QB two? No. And Rocky wouldn't give a 23 first for him. <laughs> you know, like to me, it's so much easier to find, um, and I'll say very good production. Corderell Patterson for a second. He's going to finish the, as long as he stays a running back for the season and they keep playing him, which there's no reason for them not to, he's going to be a top 10 running back. And I got him for a second. Like, I don't think you're going to find that in wide receiver as a for a second and mostly because there are too many wide receivers and, and that's just the truth and when we see that there is a wide receiver that we feel confident will stay in that top 10 automatically worth the first plus like the second Tyree Kill reminded everyone he's Tyree Kill you're not mm-hmm. getting him for a 20, for a mid late 23 first anymore you're going to have to pay on top of that so and like here's here's why I will never build not around wide receivers. TA4. I have Fields and Mac Jones, which still makes me happy because I still believe in Fields. And like I said, Mac Jones is a great QB too. I have my only running back. My only running back is Jarek McKinnon, by the way, which is oh. working out great. <laughs> Here are my wide receivers, the ones that matter. Rashad Bateman. Man, I wish Lynn Bowden Jr. still mattered. Romeo Dubs. I now got Michael Gallup. Justin Jefferson, Jerry Judy, Christian Kirk, Drake London, Chris Olave, and come back to us, Sammy Watkins. Like, that makes me so happy. I can't even find the <laughs> word for it. And I still have my first. I still have my first. I have two firsts next year. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stroll into next season with a running back, probably, because I'll still have an early mid-first. And if my QBs aren't terrible or I go pull a Rocky and trade a second plus a little to get Kirk Cousins. I have a competing team without a question and such a solid group of wide receivers isn't super easy to come by. And especially, yeah, I got super lucky in the 
amount of good wide receivers I got. But not really, because this was the year to go get a bunch of wide receivers, you know, to go get Drake London, Chris Olave, and, you know, going to be an idiot and go by Justin Jefferson and heck yeah, Christian Kirk everywhere, baby. So like, this is still like, to me, how I build a team that's not going to change just because there's so many wide receivers, because there's still more value. Like, remember when running backs mattered so much in redraft, it wasn't because there weren't a lot of scoring running backs. There was just a few elite guys and that made them more worth, worth more. Mm -hmm. And that's where we're at now with wide receiver. I feel like there's that of wide receiver twos. And that even like, but the thing saying wide receiver two, that goes up into like wide receiver nine. Like, but there's those guys up top, you know, Jefferson Chase, Cup, uh, blank, 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 blank. And because wow. my mind's going way too fast to think Debo Samuel, like those kind of guys where it's just like two firsts at least. But then you get a little lower and it's just like, eh, give me a first, give me two seconds and it's fine. And it's just like, oh, all right. But then you get a lot of ups and downs in their scoring. So give me those elite guys. And that's still the way I love to build my team. And yes, super biased because I love wide receivers. But I, I still think it works best that way. <sighs> wow. Okay, last <laughs> question we have. At FIDWA634, Evan yelled at me. Yelled at me that I didn't read his question last week. And he then put I'm like, it down like after the show or something. Yeah, I'm like, dude, <laughs> you replied on Wednesday. Yeah. Yes, I did. My bad. Read it this week, please. Um, I would appreciate it if you could talk about how good my boy Trevor Lawrence looks. Dude is a stud on and off the field. On a serious note, how are what are we doing with the 21 QBs not named Trevor Lawrence? I feel like we've talked about all of them at this point. But I love what Trevor Lawrence is looking like. It is everything I hoped, like the direction I hoped he would be going in. And I, I'm in. Listen, I, I was in on Trevor Lawrence. Like you cannot account for how bad Urban Meyer was last year. You know? Say it out loud. It's, I hear it's, it. That team was a joke. And he, there was no reason to, you know, look at what Urban Meyer did last year. And, and – discredit Trevor Lawrence for that, you know, and I think that's just quarterback fear coming into play where, you know, quarterbacks have been drafted one, you know, top five overall and just not panned out. But, you know, you look at that situation and you, this, this dude's a joke. Like this, this guy's a joke, you know? So I look at that situation last year and I say, that's a wash. Like I don't take into account anything of what happened in 2021 in Jacksonville and take that away from, Trevor Lawrence, from James Robinson, from Travis Etienne, from whoever was there that was fantasy relevant. I don't, I don't say like that's their fault. That was whatever system was there that should not have been there, that never deserved to be there. Urban Meyer didn't deserve that job. It was a joke that he ever got that job. The only reason he ever got that job was because he was the coach at Florida. They need to sell tickets in Jacksonville. And that was the approach they used. So uh props to Trevor Lawrence, and I'm glad that he's fantasy relevant this year because he's you know he's good he's good on that note that is the end of our show sheet so this is absolutely the end of our show because i am freaking exhausted before we head out of here zach remind everyone who you are what you do where they could find what you do and just to throw it in there i am so glad your house is still in one piece 
Yes. Yeah, for those who just joined, I, um, I'm i in Florida, so we have a hurricane passing. It's been actually either relatively quiet or I can't hear because of the headphones. <laughs> I don't know, but the lights are still on, so that's good. Uh, my name is Zach Duarte. I do some work for uh, Dynasty Rewind. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at FF Lumberjack, and I I take advantage of trade addicts. So maybe don't invite me to one of your leagues. <laughs> Might be a bad idea. Definitely not invited to one of mine. Um, Patreon.com slash trade addicts pod. You could have been chilling with us this two hours and four minutes that we've been recording. Wow. <laughs> and by the way, Kenny, no, Jelani Woods is not the next elite tight end, though I was a big fan of him, and he went two for 13 just those two catches happened to be for touchdowns he does have um, more touchdowns in his career than kyle pitts though ah! <laughs> 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 um <laughs> yes patreon.com slash trade addicts pod you could be in here hanging with us the whole time where we re- record watch us dance randomly for no well very specific reasons but it, it, it works <laughs> um also the awesome group me chat the cool kids club where we just have a grand old time talking trades and other stuff when we get bored and i don't feel like working during the day um and then ffpodshirts.storenv.com there's still all the scott fishbowl stuff there's all of the dap network stuff trade addicts junkies timeline get real Everybody that didn't want to make stuff for themselves, it's all on FF Pod shirts. And every single penny that comes in goes directly to Fantasy Cares. So you get awesome stuff. Kids get awesome stuff for the holidays. Everybody wins. And I'm about to win by going to bed. So good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Great Addict Podcast. A member of the DLS Family of Podcasts. And a proud member Dynasty Addict Podcast Network. Please follow your hosts at Dynasty Haha and at Dynasty FF Addict. Please subscribe, rate, and review. We will catch you next time on the Trade Addict Podcast. Poopy Pan. That is the best. <laughs> See ya.